Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to another edition of Respectfully Unruly Podcast with you guys. Just call me Just and your boy AB. <laughs> and we're back talking everything in and outside of the NBA, in uh, the NFL, and in pop culture in general. Thank you guys again for listening. Make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe button like your Nate Robinson hitting the match. Uh, on the first topic of today's show, we're going to talk about the flailing. Uh, I think that's probably the only best way to talk about it. It's ironic because they won yesterday, but the Lakers, who are currently tied with the Mavericks and the uh, Blazers for the seventh seed, in the Western Conference right now, the Lakers are six. They are percentage points ahead of the Blazers, who they play this week. Um, they are not going to have LeBron for the next two games, as he. The reports were a little confusing. One Woj said that he re-aggravated it. Some reports were saying that his ankle was just um, his ankle was just like uh, a little um, messed up or whatever. Just like he's recovering from it. It was a little confusing, but he is going to be out at least the next two games. Um, the Lakers did beat Denver to um, avoid falling into the play-in tournament to fall to seventh. Uh, uh, A.B., what do you feel? Do you feel like the Lakers are in danger of playing in the inaugural play-in tournament? All right, so to answer your question in the short term, yes, I do feel like they're in danger of falling to the playing tournament because I do believe that uh, Dallas, um, which they're right behind, they do hold the uh, tiebreaker. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out their schedule for the next for the last. Well, I know of- it on top. If you want me to tell you, no, I, I got it right here. So, um, okay. yeah, man, I mean, this this season, this season's kind of. Um, I won't say it's been a disappointment because of all the circumstances of how they actually got to where they're at now, but it's it's frustrating. It's a frustrating season for um, Los Angeles Lakers fans, LeBron fans, um, AD fans. Um, I mean, you can't really if someone gets injured, you really can't do anything. You know what I'm saying? You really can't. That's like a part of the game. That's out of mm-hmm. your control. Um, but the thing is that. I don't know if it was necessarily coaching or just that the Lakers are just a terrible team. I mean, I'm certainly leaning on the team being terrible because those first couple of games of LeBron and AD was just was just ridiculous. Um, like LeBron is is actually saying that his ankle is still bothering him. He's not going to be 100. Is only uh, letting me know that they already have. I don't want to say an excuse already baked in, but I'm going to give him a benefit of the doubt because he is LeBron James that this injury is really, really, really bothering him still. Um, so the Lakers have the Los Angeles Clippers. They have Portland. They have Phoenix. They have New York, Houston, Indiana, and New Orleans. So the last three games, the last three games on the schedule should be a wash. Like they should run through the through Houston. Indiana and New Orleans, right? But mm-hmm. then you got the Clippers, who gets who's 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 rolling, right? Um, yep. People actually double teaming Boogie Cousins. Um, 
Then after that, you have Portland, who usually, like the last couple of games during the season, they usually like like uh, put their foot on the gas. Um, Carmelo, who, who we'll talk about later, you know, is doing his thing. Um, then we have the Suns, who is fighting to be the first seed. We have New York, who's trying to stay at the fourth. At the, uh, I'm sorry, I said Phoenix are trying to stay at the first seed. Then they have New York Knicks, who's trying to stay at the fourth seed. So it's like it's looking a little bit tough, man. It's looking real, 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 real tough. I mean, um, shoot, I'm trying to get back to the standings. Hold on, let me see some. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Why are you going through that? I guess. They're, they're, wait, they're, they're, um, they're, um, yeah, bro. They're shit. Yeah, they're tied with oh. the Mavericks and, and oh, right Portland. now they're not. They're one game. They're one game in front of, of Dallas. But again, they do have the tie. Dallas does have the tiebreaker against them right now. So yeah. Well, also Dallas has a tie has has two tiebreakers against them because it's they have the well. So the so the tiebreaker isn't head to head for them if there's a three way tie. So there is a chance that Portland, um, L.A. and Dallas can all finish with the same record. That's why this Portland game is actually really important for them. Um, but it would be that Dallas would have the fifth seed because um, Dallas is a division winner. So Dallas would win, I guess, as the Southwest. Um, and the Lakers in Portland will both not win their division. So that's why they would be – they would have like a tiebreaker over them. Um, so this is why both, both uh, uh, Portland and L.A. are one and one against each other this year. And so, then this in a LeBron. So Woe said that LeBron's not going to be for. It's going to be out for the next, I think, two to three games, and also shooters out for like the next fourteen days due to COVID. Well, shooters probably going to miss the rest of the season, regular season at least, because of health and safety protocols. Yeah. So that's anywhere so, between ten and fourteen game days, and there's only like two weeks left in the season. So, um. Yeah, this is like the worst time to be playing the health and safety protocol. Miles Bridges for the uh, for the Hornets got put in that also. But I just I guess I just want to touch on like whether or not this has been a good or bad season, or that Lakers have a bad or good team. Um, you when you when you get someone like AD, you have to essentially understand that like when you're paying someone like AD, when you're paying someone like LeBron, not only especially the way they got those two guys, not only is your cap kind of um very much like strapped your um assets are 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 not existing as well that's why um come trade deadline they were talking about potentially maybe getting uh kyle lowry in here and trading um tht and sending him to toronto so the reason why obviously the lakers haven't been able to make any moves because they don't have any more of their picks and tht is the only young guy that anyone really wants but if you look at their last 15 games, um, Kurt Goldsberry, he works for ESPN, does a really good job of explaining, like, the team's net rating and, like, kind of, like, in 15-game sample sizes, like, what, how is a team looking, like, every 15 games or so? And for the Lakers, the, their biggest problem really hasn't been their defense. Their defense is still number three or number two overall. Um since LeBron and AD went out, is their offense is the second worst offense in the league, behind, only ahead of OKC, who stopped playing basketball. Um, so the thing is with them, it's not the fact that like when you have someone like LeBron, you have someone like AD. 
those guys, they get paid to generate all the offense that you have. And so when you take those two guys out, they literally have no way to score. Now, they did beat Denver last night, but they were still only able to score 93 points, which is still alarming. Uh, I believe in their defense. My thing is with the Lakers is if LeBron isn't going to be healthy, they have no chance of obviously making it out of the West. And my biggest concern is that he, and again, like the reporting was very confusing because part of it was he re-aggravated it. Another part of it was that he's resting it. It's not fully healthy. Okay. So why am I not supposed to believe in two weeks he's going to be healthy? You know, like if he, he already missed 21 games with it or I think he missed 20 games with it. He's missed 21 games in total. Um, But if he's missed already this essentially two months, um, of the season, why am I now supposed to believe in two weeks he's going to be back to a level of where he's playing at? So I have real concerns about them. If he's not healthy, I don't see them getting out at all. And this five-game stretch is going to be important. This is going to be on Anthony Davis to get them to at least – they have to at least go three and two because now they already beat Denver. They have to beat Portland. Um they probably can lose to Phoenix. That's not going to be that big of a deal. New York is probably going to be the – and the Clippers, um, they're going to have to then beat one of the Clippers or the Knicks on this on the rest of the stand just to stay afloat. The Clippers are the um, who? The, you said Clippers are So what I'm saying is these next five games are going to be the most important of their season. No, I got that. I got to stay out. No, I got that. But you said the Clippers and the who? So I was saying they're going to have to beat either the Clippers or the Knicks to stay oh, afloat. Okay, okay, okay. And so, because I, I don't think they're going to beat the Suns, um, especially if, if LeBron's not playing. Now, LeBron, if LeBron plays in that game, that's a different story. But if he, I'm assuming, let's say he misses these next five games, um, or even these next four games, um, he, they have to be able to keep, they're going to they're gonna get the tie with Portland, or get the head-to-head with Portland. So that's the game they have to win. So, that's essentially two games on top of Portland already. Um, and because, like, Memphis isn't going to catch them, it's more about, like, just staying out of seventh, I think, at this point for them. And I don't really think there's a way they can catch Dallas because Dallas is the easiest schedule for the rest of the season um, going forward. I think Dallas plays their hardest game left of the season uh, tonight. They play the Heat, which obviously will be done by that when, um, when this comes out. But it's going to take – a more of a group effort for them to kind of like keep things going and make sure they stay out of that playing tournament. Ah, NBA basketball, this playing tournament. Speaking of this playing tournament, man, there's been a lot of people that's like complained about it. <laughs> you had, um, first I think it was uh, Mark Cuban, then Luka Doncic, and now LeBron. Uh, LeBron said something to the effect of like, whoever thought of it, whoever thought about it needs to like be fired. Um, but before he was all for it because I guess he didn't foresee that he will be in this his him and the Lakers would be in the same predicament. Uh, what do you think about the playing tournament so far? Is it uh, is is it all right? So we of course of course we can't actually critique it yet because it hasn't happened. But the the way but by the way things are like shaping up, um, do you see like this? going forward and do you and do you think that the playing tournament is a good idea 
Oh yeah, the playing tournament was a great idea. It 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 did everything that I think I think it did the two things that um Adam Silver wanted, I think were the two biggest problems of the NBA for the last couple of years. Um number one, it eliminated some tanking, most most tanking. Um obviously like OKC is probably the only team that's really tanking. Uh and God, we can talk about them later. They're, that team stinks. Um, but even teams like Cleveland, Cleveland has been a little bit, they're not tanking. Uh, Colin Sexton just came out and said he's trying to show everybody that he can be a, a scoring point guard in the next couple of games. So he's clearly not tanking. Uh, Cleveland's not tanking. Uh, so I think it was able to shoehorn teams. And now you seem like as, as hot as, you know, I know the Knicks have been dominating about their winning streak. The Wizards have been just as hot. I think they're they're one eleven to twelve now, um, and Westbrook has now clinched averaging a triple double for the season. And if you look at them before this this uh, winning streak started, they were dead to rights. I thought they were clearly not going to make it, and then now it it looks like they might even get all the way up to eighth. Um, just eighth in general, not even like with the playing tournament. So I think. That aspect of it was great. And also the second aspect of it is the fact like these games matter. I understand there's only like some teams have anywhere between like eight and seven games left, but these games are still really important. Like we talk a lot. We just talked for a couple minutes about the Lakers and, and um, Mavericks. Like if this was, let's say the playing tournament didn't exist. Do you think LeBron and them care that they have to play Utah or Phoenix? No, you'd be like, all right, whatever, just rest up, and then we'll come back when the playoffs start. You know, those that wouldn't scare LeBron. Because most of these teams, like, starting from, like, 10 would have been just tanking by now. Like, yeah, me. that's what I'm saying. But so it's like, but if you have a one-game series against Dame Lillard, you probably don't want that. You know, then you're done. Think about that. Your your whole season is done just because Dame Lillard might hit a game-winning shot in your face and have 50 points. We've seen this guy do that. And you don't want to you don't want to play that guy in that situation, and so to me you have situations like that. You have in the in the East where it's like you know New York, Atlanta, um, Boston, uh, Miami. They're all jockeying to stay out of the playing tournament, and and it, it it doesn't even like matter that much. Like, is it matter that you play Milwaukee or you play Brooklyn or Philly? No, it's just like I don't want my season to potentially end in two games or two days, you know, because Terry Rozier got hot and Russell Westbrook had a 50-point triple-double, you know? So I think yeah, that this has been, yeah, I, I guess the last thing is just like, I think the whole purpose of it was for someone who obviously likes the NBA and stuff, and obviously we both like we're talking about it, but the idea that we were getting to a place where like the regular season just didn't matter, where it was like, all right, we had a couple of games every year we got excited about, and then the rest of the games just it felt like they were just foregone conclusions or it didn't matter. This way, you at least give fans the idea of like, okay, make like you earned a playoff spot. Whoever makes the playoffs this year, they earned a spot. Um, whether they got in in the top six or played their way in, they earned it. So I think this was a great idea. Um, I I think LeBron and and Luca and Mark Cuban's tune changed when they realized, oh, we might have to play in this was ironic. But no, I think I think that this is uh I think this is here to stay from what I've 
read about it. Um, I don't really see any any downturn yeah. of it. The, the only thing, and last thing I'll say is the only thing I would say is like the only point that someone made sense to me that made sense to me was Mark Cuban saying he liked the idea, but not in this year because of the 72 game crunch. And you can argue that to me, that does make some sense, but my counter is you voted yes for this six months ago. So you're not gonna, you're not gonna get sympathy from me when you voted yes, because you didn't think your team would be playing in it. But now that your team might be playing in it, it's now it's a problem, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Braun, Mark, and Luca, they all gotta put their big point pants on and let's go. Let's let's get to it. Um this year, this year with the playoff tournament to me is looking like it's been a success already. Just based on the smooth fact that if you look at the standings on both coasts, you have Brooklyn and you have Philadelphia. No matter what Philadelphia and no matter what actual and don't discount Miami uh, Milwaukee, no matter what they say, they those three teams are vying for the number one spot because if you get the number one spot, you'll get a team like um, I get Washington. You could probably uh, mess around and face Washington, Toronto, or uh, or um, or Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? No one wants to. No one wants. None of those teams want to face Boston, Miami in the first round. Like let's just let's just say uh, let's just say what it is. Um. Also, yeah, you got teams like Charlotte still in it. Usually at this time, <laughs> people that are like been load management, load managing, um, having their little breaks at the end of the season. You know what I'm saying? Like the Spurs famously did, LeBron did a couple of years back. Um, and then now, if you look on the West Coast too, Utah and uh and uh Phoenix, they're vying for the for the top spot. Denver's vying for the top spot. Everybody knows what's at stake. Like everyone, every I think I believe. The top three teams on both coasts want that uh, would want to face the most weakest, um, the most weakest team going into the playoffs because of the because again this season's been tough, man. Uh, Seventy-two games, multiple back-to-backs, you know, and they probably just you know want that um that easy that easier easier going team in the first round because they know who they potentially have to face. Like no one wants to see. If you're the if you're the Lakers, like you're 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 in a in a in a in a downward spiral, right? But let's say if they did make the playing the playing tournament and they were like the seventh seed, do you think that the Lakers would want to see the Clippers in the first round? Uh with everything I don't that's think going it matters. on. Like with everything that's going I on, think, I think it's I, AD still nursing an injury. Look, at the end of the day, it, LeBron said it doesn't matter. If he hurts, then if he's hurt, then they're they're getting dusted. I don't think you can ramp up. You're playing. Look, they're gonna have more talent than than the Clippers, uh, Phoenix, and Utah. They face them. You know, it, it's not. I don't think I don't think the order of it matters as much. I think it's more of like. We have to beat these guys anyway. You know, that's kind of the mindset. I don't necessarily like because you're not going to get participation trophies if you get bounced in the first round, second round, or third round. Like, if you lose in the first round, you're going to get clowned. If you lose in the second round, like, that's just when you have championship or bust expectations, falling short later in the year, later in the, uh, um, 
later in the the playoff doesn't make it better if once you have like those like higher expectations um i don't feel as if like the clippers or lakers should try to duck one another it's more of like just play just play your game the lakers duck yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying i'm saying for both i don't think the, the clippers can't really duck anybody the clippers are the Clippers are either going to be third or fourth you know they're they're battling Denver right now for that, and uh, I think they're a game up on Denver. No, no, I'm lying. They're tied. They're both teams are tied. Um, but they, it, it, for me, if you're the Lakers, I think the biggest thing is for you to avoid the playing and stay healthy. Now, can you do both? Maybe. That's why I said, like, these next four games are going to kind of be on AD. Like, look, like, these are right now the four most important games coming up like look when you play the Pacers or New Orleans all that stuff those teams stick but when you play like you gotta play Phoenix and the Clippers and the Blazers and the Knicks like those teams are gonna like be rough and they have like an interior presence and all those teams I believe except for the Blazers all those teams are in the top seven of defense defensive rating so these aren't cakewalks and like I said it's gonna be you just essentially have to win two of the next four with one of those being the Blazers. So if it's either Blazers, Knicks, Blazers, Clippers, Blazers, Suns, one of the two has to be part of the, be with the Blazers. Um, but no, I don't think, I think that health is going to be the most important thing outside of facing the Clippers or not. All right. So we spoke about the Wizards earlier and how, Shit, I thought too that they were just going to take the season off, but Russell Westbrook has played them into playing contention. Um, last night he uh had uh, fourteen points, twenty one rebounds, and and uh, also twenty four assists in a one fifty four one forty one win over the Indiana Indiana Pacers. With that latest triple double. It puts him at 178th all-time in career total uh, triple-doubles, and he is three back of Oscar Robinson's uh, record of 181. Now, there's been a lot of – a lot of over the years, like, there's been a lot of talk with Rusty, and there's been a lot of hate online. There's been a lot of um, – I guess belittling of his um, career stats. Um, recently, uh, Kendrick Perkins said that he that when it's all said and done, that Russell Westbrook will be better than Allen Iverson. I have to vehemently disagree with that wholeheartedly. Um, but yeah, man, on um, what Russell has done with like. Just you know, averaging triple double, getting in triple doubles. I mean, that's something to um to marvel at because again, there's only two players in history that that has ever averaged triple double before. You know what I'm saying? So of course, that deserves um recognition. But um, what about you? What do you what do you think about what Kendrick had to say? And secondly, about uh, Westbrook's uh, being Westbrook being a triple double machine. Uh, it's, it's a credit to the uniqueness of the type of player that he is. Um, he definitely is someone who is like, um, he's going to be one of the most unique players that we look at 
you know, if his career stopped today and we just like kind of just look at like how stuff is, I'm just amazed that if you look at him, he's 32, he'll be 33 this December. The fact that he hasn't lost that athleticism in 13 years, 13 seasons now with three different knee uh, surgeries is the most remarkable thing I've seen. Um, Like, Typically, you would think a guy who jumped that high comes down that hard several times. His athleticism would really take a hit. But, like, you know, he hasn't had that major injury. Derrick Rose had a torn ACL. John Wall tore his Achilles. Um, Those guys who are, like, compared to him as a guy who, like, guys, athletic point guards, you couldn't really shoot. Those guys really, like, kind of came – all three of those guys came up together. And yet, um, you know, we've seen kind of, like – Rose uh, turned into a different version of himself and Wall having to become a different version of himself. Westbrook's kind of the same dude um, doing these triple doubles. Now, with that being said, I think that there is also another page to look at. And I feel like a lot of people don't like to look at that. He is horrible in the playoffs. Like he's, he's not a good playoff player. And the reason why typically is because the way Westbrook likes to play, and it's, it's, it's kind of hard to, like you can't compare it to any other NBA player, but it's like he essentially tries to play a style in the regular season that's clearly just not going to work in the regular in the in the playoffs because he's going so fast all the time that he essentially will um, give another team possessions to essentially like win or lose the game for you. So my example was, I don't know if I said it on this one, was the Wizards were playing the Knicks. Um, I don't even remember when this was. This was like maybe a month ago, two months ago. It was probably in March. And this is one of those back-to-back sets. And the Knicks smacked them the first game. This is the, yeah, this is back-to-back set. So the Knicks smacked them the first game. So, you know, as someone was rooting for, for the Knicks, I was really nervous about the second game because, you know, you have Beal, you have Wall, neither Beal, Wall, Beal and Russell. Um, Neither of those two guys played well in the first game. They came out smoking in the second game. The Wizards, I think, got up by 17 points. And it's like halfway through the third quarter at this point. And Westbrook is still sprinting down the court, just shooting every single time. And the whole time I sat back in there and go like, he's going to let this team back in the game. And sure enough, every time he shot the ball, clank, went down, scored. Shot the ball, clank went down, scored. He method- I've never seen a player methodically let another team back in the game like that. Typically, if you, if you blow like big leads, it's turnovers. Uh, you know, a team might turn up on defensively. You're taking bad shots. He just consistently took bad shots. And it's, that style of him is, is part of his whole like aura and persona that's the reason why they don't win in the playoffs. And again, like I, look, I think they're going to make they're going to pass Indiana soon. Um, then they're probably – and then there's going to be a, a decision whether or not they're going to pass uh, the Hornets. I believe they play the Hornets one more time. And now Miles Bridges is out. Uh, Gordon Hayward's still out. Can they pass the Hornets? Possibly. And then they would only have to beat the Hornets one more time and then potentially beat um, – no, they would have to – they could beat whoever is the seventh seed. And if they lose that game, then they probably play – either the Pacers or the Hornets again. My point is, they're going to be the eighth seed. But 
it doesn't matter if they're playing Brooklyn, Philly, Milwaukee, they're getting smoked in round one. And you would think if you have two guys who could be all NBA guys, which is weird to say on an eighth seeded team, they could have two all NBA players, but they have no chance of winning a game, a game against any of those top three seeds. And it's mostly the reason why is because Westbrook's style of play doesn't transfer over to the postseason because he's a liability on offense. He cannot do that. And that's really just like the whole story with him. Westbrook's issue is that first he has his for a star, and I'm only comparing him to other star players in the league. His offensive awareness is just terrible. Like, he makes really, really bad decisions down the stretch. Like, as you said, he just takes these shots that is like, dog, like, why are you doing this? Like, (laughs) come on, why are you trying to thread the needle? And, like, you're trying to thread the needle between three players. Like, dog, you can't make that pass. Yeah, like, I'm not not even kidding you. Like, he literally took, like, 17 shots in the second half and missed like 12 of them yeah like you're up 17 points and that goes to my and that's my my second point he's terribly inefficient he's terribly he needs 30 shots to get 40 points and and this has been something that's been plaguing him his whole entire career like it's it's really it's he'll shoot you out of the game like he'll really shoot you out of the game or he'll just do something that doesn't make any sense down the stretch because he he'll probably get that same intensity and emotion that makes him a great player is also his Achilles heel. Um, it'll 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 take you it'll take him out his game it'll take his team out the game. Um, did you remember that game that um when he, back when he was in um OKC it was him Melo and um Paul George and they got bounced from uh, um from out of the first round by um the Jazz. Utah? Yeah, yeah bro. we talking about like, game six. Yeah, bro. It was just like everything. I mean, to to cut you off though, that was more of Paul George because Paul George had five points in that game. No, five. I'm no, 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 no. Nobody's no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not exonerating Paul George by any means. But I'm saying Russell as the leader, dog. As the leader, you're supposed to take him. And be like, yo, dog. What's going on? Come on. Like, we need you. Like, stop letting Joe Ingles get into your head. Like, he's not a better player than you. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, man, he still deserves our respect again as uh one of the most intense and one of the most uh talented NBA players that we have because again, he doesn't take a game off to his credit. He does not take not one game, not one minute, not one second off. And that we do have to respect. Um Kedra Perkins was smoking crack because he is he will never be better than um Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson had to take George Hill, Aaron McKee, Tyrone, no, George Lynch, Aaron McKee, and Tyrone Hill. The Kembe Mukamba. Yeah, but the Kembe was, he, I don't count the Kembe because Kembe only played, like, he's there for defense. So it's like, yeah. But, I mean, those. you said, I mean, all right. He had to take those dudes to the, he took those dudes to the freaking finals. Like, they didn't have any business in the box that year. They didn't yeah. have any business. I mean, with the Raptors, I right, whatever. But they I will didn't still, my, my point, 
They didn't have my any point, business that year. My point was more of like, I'm not saying that that team should have made the finals necessarily, but that team I feel like is looked upon a lot worse in history than we should. Like that team had the coach of the year, the MVP, the sixth man of the year, and defensive player of the year on the team. And the best record in the NBA. No, this the best record in the East, not in the NBA. Um, because that team like, was a juggernaut. Allen Iverson was that, playing, but the, but my point is, is is saying like I understand like the way we look at NBA, like the way we look at like you need at least two stars, two like MVP candidates to win the title. I'm not disagreeing with you. My point is more of like we need to look at it as more of like that team had a lot. I'm gonna say this: that one team had more talent on it overall in for that season than that OKC team when Russ won MVP. That team had had much more talent on it than that the Russ's team, because you had Victor Oladipo who still wasn't figuring out. You had rookie Demontis Sabonis, Enos Cantor can't play Cantor. Like I think Todd Gibson was on that team. Andre Roberson literally can't guard. Like literally, you do not guard Andre Roberson. That was that team. Whereas like the other team, I believe won fifty seven games, fifty six. I think they won sixty, but still. That team was a much better team than than, than Russ's team. I agree with you. I uh, I think I would still take Allen Iverson over Russ. Um, and but they it's it's a very like what year it's like what right year, there what year was Russell Westbrook's um MVP? It was seventeen eighteen. It was a, it was, a, it was KD's first year in Golden State. Seventeen eighteen. Uh, and also, someone who I still don't believe he should deserve that MVP, but that's a whole, that's a whole other subject. You said seventeen, eighteen. So let's see. He averaged a triple double. Okay, 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 okay. Go. You said seventeen, eighteen. I'm pretty sure Go. that was the season. Yeah. Unless it was sixteen, seventeen. I think it was seventeen, eighteen. Let's wait. Let me go. I mean, you could check 16, 17. Just go to basketball reference. I'm pretty sure it was 17, 18, but I'm, yeah, I'm not going to sit up here act like I know for a fact. No, I, I, it would have had to been – what you're talking about would have had to have been 16. 16, 17. So Victor Oladipo was averaging 15 points. All right. So Victor Oladipo was – all right. So let me go down the list. Russ was averaging – 31 mm-hmm. on 43% shooting. Victor was averaging 16. I believe that's a career high. On on 43% shooting. Enos Cantor on 55% shooting is averaging 14. Uh, Steven Adams is averaging 11 on 58. I'm rounding off, but it was 58% shooting. Now, do you want to... <laughs> Do you want to? <laughs> do you want to? Um, <laughs> do you want to see the 76ers from 2000, 2001? Was it? I mean, the, the, I mean, the, 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 my point is, is like you can't just go by points per game to determine whether or not someone was a good player or not. Dog. Like points per game aren't a, like person, the next person. The stats that we like, and we're, we're talking about two different eras. Hold on, hold on. 
the next person, all right, so Allen Iverson uh, averaged 31 points on 42% shooting, right? The very next person that that had the second highest on that squad was right? Eric now, right? No, 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 no. Dog, the second person that average the second highest um average points average on his on his squad was somebody that got traded for Dikemi Mutombo that same season. And that okay, was what, the what does that matter? And that was Theo Ratliff with 12.4, dog. Yeah, again, my point is is that okay, you do realize like the pace of play. If I slowed down what OKC the pace that OKC played, I bet you if I looked up right now the pace that OKC played that season. I bet you it's at least 10 percentage points higher than what that team played with. So if I'm just rounding it out, if you're getting more possessions, that number honestly looks better for Philly than it does for OKC. Because if you're second, because the first two guys are averaging the same amount of points. The second guy, one's averaging 12, one's averaging 15, but you're getting 10 more possessions a game. I don't know why that's a... That's a big compliment. And the fact that they have the better defensive player on the team and a coach of a year, and they won the – there was no one seed in the East, and they had the sixth man of the year. Do you want to know the splits, the shooting percentage? Would you like to know that? Again, offensive, like, output is not the only thing that makes one team better than the other team. So you ask me, like, do you want to know the points per game? It's like – Okay, right. I know that the points per game is going to favor OKC. I know they average more points per game. I know they probably gave up more points per game too. Do you want to do you want to know that Bucks team that they beat in the um, Eastern Conference Finals? Yes, wanna... I know the Bucks team again. <laughs> out of it wasn't as good. Wait, wait, wait. I just want I just want to see I just want to say this for the fans. All right, so you have Ray Allen, twenty two points per game, forty eight percent shooting, big dog. 22 points per game, 47% uh, percent shooting. Sam Cassell, 47% shooting, 18 points per game. Tim Thomas, the underrated Tim Thomas. Well, yeah, underrated Tim Thomas. 43% shooting, 12 points per game. Dog, they had no business being this team at all. But they did. Compare this Bucks team to that. That's a better comparison, but in no way, shape, or form – was Allen Iverson team? How is it a than, better comparison? Because if you want to compare, because like, what? because they had uh, Ray Allen and Big Dog had more help than Allen Iverson. What does that have to do with? What does that have to do with, with Russell Westbrook's team? Firepower. And what what are you talking about? You just said a word. You just said firepower. What does that? What does that mean? Yeah, points per game, which. It was well. My point up. is, we were never talking about the Bucks. We were always talking about Russ versus Allen Iverson, and I was but, making the man, point I'm like, saying, you know, what I'm saying is that that would have been a better. I understand comparison. what you're saying, but my point is, is like, it's I don't understand why we do this every time. I'm making, I'm saying something. Hold on, my G. I'm gonna let you talk. Like, relax. What? I'm talking about this. Okay, I guess I. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yo, man, this team was this 2000, 2001 um, 76 team was was not good. <laughs> they were not good. Again, Al Iverson and Coach Brown did a magnificent job. They did their job. This team was a defensive team, top to bottom. The, they basically said, you know what? 
Allen's going to carry us, but we are going to surround him with the best uh, defensive pieces that we possibly can find. And that's exactly what they did, man. These, du- these dudes right here, they were more defensively minded than offensive. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, speaking about another uh, team, Boston Celtics. I'm going to just flat out say, is they need a disappointment? And does Brad Stevens need to be fired? Uh, Stevens won't be fired. Um, Ains won't be fired. They more than likely are probably going to trade uh, Smart. Um, I don't know what they're actually going to be able to get for him in uh, the offseason. He has one more year left on his deal. I don't know. Boston has been kind of um, non-committal of like getting a trading first-round picks for anything. Um, I would think they would look at him as an asset when they want to move him or try to move him, but uh, he just signed a deal again. I think if if uh, what's one of his name? I think if if Stevens had a thought that his season was going really bad, I think that he would have taken the. He was up for some coaching job. I think it was the Indiana job. I think he would have just took an Indiana job, honestly. Um, so I I think he's safe for the most part. Um, and yeah, I think that it's going to be. Some of the players aren't going to be back. Um, this is, but this is what happens when you have a significant advantage over, um, like everyone else. When you do that uh, Brooklyn deal, because like almost a decade ago, and you essentially don't make any moves when they had several opportunities to get guys like Harden, when they could have gotten Kawhi, they could have gotten Anthony Davis, um, and then get any of those guys, and. I just want to make it a point that Danny Age needs to fucking go. Like he really needs to fucking go. Um, f- again, for the for the mere fact that as what you just um said, they had they they got the heist. You know what I'm saying? They fleeced Brooklyn with that Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and um, who else was it? Was it um my man um? It was Tate, Jason Terry. Jason Terry, yeah. You fleeced Brooklyn. Dog, you were supposed to run the gamut on them after that. You know what I'm saying? The mere fact that they now have a better team than you do says a lot. Um, You you missed out on AD. Okay, whatever. You didn't want to trade for James Harden because you didn't want to give because you didn't want to give up Brown. All right, dog. You you violated IT. IT played his heart out for you, potentially messed up his entire career for you. You know what I'm saying? And you you traded him away because you wanted a new shiny toy in, in uh Kyrie. Like, if this is any other GM, and I'm saying any other, what I really mean is if any black GM, this man would have been fired a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? Brad Stevens, I mean. Like what else? Like what is what? What else can he do? He's been to the conference finals, I believe, what two, three times. Like uh, what else? Conference finals three times. Dog, what else is there for him to do on this on the squad? He has to fucking go again. If there's any black coach, they would have been fucking fired probably after the second time they lost the finals. You know what I'm saying? I've seen Derek Casey 
I've seen guys like Derek Casey get fired for less. Like cats is black. I mean, Dwayne Casey was there for like seven years too. The dog, he's but his success was building up. Like they had LeBron in their fucking. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, LeBron beat them two. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron beat them two times in the conference. Okay, so Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson deserved did not uh, deserve to get to lose his job. Yeah, but that was kind of an, that was kind of an isolated. Are you talking about which one? When he was with the Atlanta, or when he was with the Knicks? When he was with the Knicks. Well, again, that was a, a definitely a weird situation. They, really... they got they got um, the uh, Phil Jackson came in. He wanted his own guys. The team completely fell apart. He did not deserve to lose his job. Um, he did not deserve again, to lose his job. All right, all right, my G, like I'm not talking well, when you're talking. Me, so can I talk, me, or are you just gonna talk to yourself? All no, because you're trying to you're trying to say that. I'm oh, making you, points. Like, if this, you don't disagree, if you disagree with the points, that's fine. But it's like, I got to be able to say the whole point. <laughs> I mean, me, I'm going to be talking when you be talking. It doesn't matter to my point. I said that Mike was not make any sense. Right, so, like, you asked me, you asked me a question. You were like, yo, should Mike Woodson get fired? I'm just waiting to see whether I thought he should get fired or not. I can't even finish the point, and you're like, well, this. It's like, I, I didn't get to say my whole thing. You can disagree. That's fine. I'm pretty sure Nate McMillan didn't deserve to lose his job. Uh, which time when he was with Portland or when he was with the Pacers? It doesn't. Twice. <laughs> All right, so both times he didn't deserve to get fired. All right, gotcha. Um, I was like, you're just not listening. You're just, you're just going on these things. Like I don't. In understand. Portland, I think he should have gotten why fired. They, the Pacers. Why are they? Why are they granted so much? So much fucking leeway. It's fucking incredible. I mean, my point is more of like coaches get fired all the time. I think you're conflating whether or not Steven should get fired and whether Ainge should get fired. If you think Ainge no, should get I'm, fired, I'm, that has nothing I'm, to do I'm, with whether no, Woodson. I'm saying if they were black, this is what I'm saying. Let me say it again. If they were black, what you said. they would have been gone. Along, both of them would have been gone a long time ago. That's I mean, what that's I'm, fine, but my point is you're conflating two different points. Well, I'm you're not saying if it, yeah, you I'm are, because you're saying – if they were black, they would have been fired a long time ago. And then my point is more of like, all right. And you brought up Mike Woodson and then um, Nate McMillan. And I'm like, well, they had, they were, or, yeah, they were in different situations why they got fired. I'm just, I'm just making a point. Like it's not a one-to-one. Like, do I think Nate McMillan should have gotten fired from the Pacers? No. Do I think, um, he deserved to get fired from Portland? Yeah. You get about like four or five years. Like, Coaches get fired all the time. Vogel got fired out of Orlando, and he was only there for two years. Tibbs got fired from Minnesota. He was there for two years. Now, if you want to talk about, like, presidents of basketball operations, it's hard to fire a general manager who has a team in the Easter Conference Finals three times out of four years. It just is, you know? And he's the guy who helped them win a championship. And they're always good. They've never got to a point where they were, like, terrible. So do I think Ainge should be let go? I think I think at a certain time, your time is up. Do I think he will get fired? No, I don't. But I think that I think it's different in terms of like those particular guys. I think what's more of akin to it is like Terry Scott. Like Terry Scott has been in Portland now for 10 years. That team made one Western Conference Finals. Should he have been fired? You know, that's, that's an argument. I don't know. Nate McMillan was only there, I think, for four or five years. But they, again, like, were un, not underachieving, but they were only making the second round. And you brought in Terry Scott, but Terry Scott has gone 10 years. 
This is what it's, this is what I said. Like Alvin Judge, you bring it. I know what you said, but team to a bum fucking team. As soon as you get the number one draft pick and you're now you're in rebuilding mode, you fucking fire the man. So again, him the the I feel like a lot of context you're missing. First of all, the the guy they really that you really should be looking at is Fuck Monty Williams. Context. They fired Monty Fuck Williams. Context. That's what I'm saying. Fuck well, context. Me, but you need context, right? Fuck context. Okay. I guess you just don't need context in life. But for everyone else who's listening, um, the buck the buck the Pelicans originally had Monty Williams, and that that was a team that got swept by the uh, first Golden State team, the 2015 team that won the title. Uh, they fired Monty, and then they hired Alvin Gentry. Um, Del Demps was the GM or president, whatever, um, all that time, who was black, for everyone who doesn't know. So I think Monty was given a broad deal because he clearly got AD, and that was the Drew Holiday. Rondo was on that team. No, was Rondo on that team yet? No, Rondo wasn't on that team yet. Um, but he got those guys playing and got them into the playoffs for the first time in a while. And then he was let go. Now he was replaced with someone black. So it's a little more complicated situation, but I think what we're trying to conflate is like coaches get fired a lot more than GMs do. And GMs typically outside of like, you know, New York or Sacramento or whatever, these GMs stay for a really long time. Like um, my man, Scott Presti, OKC, he's been there for like 11, 12 years. He's been there for a while. The guy in Portland has been there for a long time. Um, Scott Presti, another one. Been, he's allowed, he's allowed to Scott Presti. He's allowed to be mediocre. Well, he he's really only had one bad season this year. He's allowed he's only, to be He's only had one bad year this year. I mean, you can't say that he's done a bad job, objectively. Like objectively, he's not done a bad job. He no, might he's made mistakes. I'm not saying no one's perfect, but enough exits. What's up? You had one round playoff ex- exits after you had Sabonis. He hasn't had one round playoff exits. Yeah, of course. Okay, see. No, he made the he made the finals. He's made the West Conference Finals. He had one twice. round playoff exit. Hold on, my G. You just yelling you're wrong. Okay, he made the finals. They made the Western Conference Finals three different times. They won it once. They lost it twice. Mm-hmm. They went what happened to after they, that? Can I – are you just going to keep talking over me? What happened after that? Go ahead. Go I'm, ahead. I'm going in a direction. I just don't know, like, you want me to okay. talk? You're not going to let me talk. I just want to know what happened after that. Go ahead. I'm literally going that way. I'm okay, go, literally go, go. going to finish. Go, go, go. I, I don't know because every time I finish, you just keep saying okay. something. Okay. All right. So after that, that's when the team kind of struggled. It would be – I don't know too many guys who are able to bounce. Again, can I finish or you're just going to keep saying something? Okay. Okay. The team mm-hmm. struggled after mm-hmm. that point. They were mm-hmm. able to get bounced in the first round every single okay. time since KD left. Okay. But my point would be I don't know how many teams, i.e. Cleveland, would, would be able to stay playoff relevant and get – Paul George, get Carmelo, get Sabonis, get Victor Oladipo, take those guys, flip them out, get Shea Gillis Alexander, get Chris Paul. They've only missed the play- This is going to be the first year they've missed the playoffs since stop- wait, 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 they wait, were wait. in, um, I think it was Durant's third year, second year in the league. So they made the playoffs for like 12 straight years. No, I'm lying. I'm lying. They missed it one time between them. That was the year they missed it by a game, and KD missed most of the season. How um, many times did they bounce out the first round? 
They haven't bounced out the first round the last four years in a row. But again, that's kind of a faulty definition of being like, well, they've been out the first round, he should be fired. That's not necessarily the way it should look. If you have a stable team and the team's like good enough to be around, you don't necessarily need to fire the you don't need to fire the GM because you're making the playoffs. Making the playoffs isn't a bad thing. Should Pat Riley be fired? Outside of him making the finals last year, they weren't good those six years. They were first round exits. Every year. I don't know. You tell me. But, no, but here's my thing. No one said there's, no there's no there's no white GM and no white coach that should be fired because you have to look I at never contract. said a white coach shouldn't be fired. I literally just said white coaches are fired all the time. I know Massa. I'm talking about the GMs. Massa, you I'm shouldn't just talking be about the GMs. Massa, you shouldn't be fired. Here we You're go now. Fired. Here we go now. So yeah, now when you use contacts, now we here we go with the Massa stuff. No, no. You're flipping out. You're flipping out players that is going to eventually leave the team anyway. What a great job! Never said that. I love it. Never said that. Lost, but all right. Out three MVPs for a guy we made. He made. Listen, he made a mistake. He shouldn't have traded Harden. But I don't think any of us at the time thought of. I thought it was a bad trade at the time. And if you want to think it's one of the worst trades in the last ten years, fine. But as a whole, I don't think he's a bad GM. Same thing. I don't think Pat Riley's a bad president. Um, one of the worst trades of the last ten years. It's been one of the worst trades of the last ten years. That or the or the or the Rockets might have passed them by trading Harden and Westbrook for peanuts. That's probably to me that surpassed that trade. That trade, at least you can say they got stuff. They got Stephen Adams, who's a good player. They got Kevin Martin. Like they got something. Like. Uh, it's not that said, they didn't get anything. I don't know what the Rockets they, got. The, the Rockets got peanuts. But they did. So it's like, to me, like it can't just be a catch-all like, where it's like winning the championship. He's a future MVP to me. Who? Kevin Porter Jr. He's a future MVP to me. I, I really. But they didn't get him from those trades. From they, yeah, they no, 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 no. Yeah, you're right. You're got right. Him. Yeah, they no. got him. They traded something else to get him. But that Wait, wasn't from the trades. That wasn't from the Harden trade? No. What they got in the Harden trade, they got four first-round picks and four pick swaps. And one of Wait, those picks was, was from hmm. – I I'm, I'm, I know what the trade was. They got four picks, four pick swaps. One of those picks was the was um the Bucks pick this year that they traded back to the Bucks. Um, Kevin Porter Jr., they sent a protected top 55 pick to Cleveland to get Kevin Porter Jr. It had nothing to do with the Harden trade. It was it, it literally were two separate trades. So it was like they, trades, but it was a part of the entire package. It was a fourteen. No, deal. it was not part of the entire package. It was a separate trade. It no, literally is a separate. You're trade. Not what I'm saying. You're not saying what I'm saying. You're not saying what I'm saying. I'm saying the trade to Brooklyn. All right, you said it was two two separate trades. Yes, but in but in totality. It was a fourteen deal to to get the uh, pieces moving. That's what I'm trying to I say. I know what the trade was. That's the only thing but I'm that, saying. But that trade, okay, it can't be all together if the trades happen at separate dates. Harden, Harden. If one trade happens on the thirteenth, the, the next trade happens on the sixteenth. Those aren't the same trade. I mean, Harden is going to the Nets as part of a fourteen deal that involves Indiana and Cleveland. According that to a wasn't Kevin Porter Jr. I'm trying to tell you that what Cleveland traded to them was not Kevin Porter Jr. That was a separate trade. I know Cleveland was in the original Harden trade. 
they did not trade Kevin Porter in that trade. They traded something else. That's how they got Jared Allen. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It was a different trade. People from New York, man. <laughs> you, just, you can say it 60 times. It's like, oh, that's not what happened. It's like, they traded the so top 55 pick for him. Saying, he wasn't in that 14 deal then. He No, I said that four times. He wasn't in the first original trade. He's in a different trade. All right. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. No problem. <laughs> I know no. what it is. That wasn't a headliner. And then the, no. the thing is, because the reason why they got um, – the reason why they got um, uh, Victor Oladipo is because they got Karis LeVert and then sent him to Indiana. So that was the only, the only player they got back in this trade, and that specific trade, was Victor Oladipo. That was it. And then they shipped him away. Again, that's my point. They, they traded Russ, Harden, and essentially Victor Oladipo for, like, 10 picks, and, like, that's it. They got nothing back. It was an awful trade. Awful. Like, and the fact that they couldn't flip Victor Oladipo into anything valuable is even worse. And they could have just kept Karis Avert or just kept him. It's like, what? Why? Why trade for the older, injured player and then flip him four months later? Not even like three months, two months later. So just bad. Objectively, just bad move. <laughs> The Heat depleted their bigs, their big death just to get them to and that's sick. But yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be a stud though. So, uh, I I will be interested to see if they can build a team around him that will complement his skills to make him win. Because we've seen young guys early in their career drop fifty points, Brandon Jennings, and the team doesn't do anything now. I believe he was they, – they said he was the youngest player to drop 50 points ever outside of Brandon Jennings. The two other guys to do that was Brandon – was uh, Devin Booker and LeBron James. So those two other guys are obviously really good. Is there a chance to do that? Look, I think it's always good to have guys who can score um, at any point, especially anywhere on the court. That guy has a lot of maturing to do. It's funny because he just dropped – he went to a strip club, got fined 50K, came back the next day, and dropped 50 points. Like, that dude was always talented. Like, and again, to me, like, the fact that Cleveland couldn't keep him, and my Cleveland, the breadth of talent, couldn't or didn't want to deal with him, I'm very wary of, of if he's on a team like that that's going to lose a lot for the next couple of years, if he's going to stay if, he, if he's going to grow into that type of player. But Cleveland has a whole bevy of problems themselves. Like, Kevin Kevin Love uh, definitely does not want to be on that team. So, and, Cle- and Cleveland's just a shitty-ass organization. Yeah, he's trying to leave. And I hate them anyway. Oh, but, uh, yeah, man. Uh, and another thing about Kevin Porter Jr., too, like, he's a willing defender. Like, he'll – he can stay in front of people, and he's willing to stay in front of people. I mean, a lot of dudes in this league are willing defenders. Like, if they want to be. A lot of dudes can play defense if they want to play defense. Like, Chris Paul's probably going to make one of the first all-team defenses, yeah, and he's 38. I don't see a lot of people that's – like, like I don't see, like – like, 
Michael Porter Jr. Like he doesn't fight over screens. You know what I'm saying? Because he physically isn't going to be a good defender. I don't see him competing on that on that defensive end. So that's how I'm again he he is right. going to be a guy who's going to be because he's got high hips. He's six ten, and look, it's hard for guys six ten. Like if you were six ten, like imagine trying to guard someone who was five five, but like really quick. Yeah, it's gonna be really, it's gonna be really hard, you know. Like he's six ten guarding six two guys, so I don't. I think he'll always struggle on the defensive end, but to me, he's he's passable enough where I think he's in a, like essentially he's in a perfect spot. And like this is I don't know if we're gonna go to MVP now, but the main reason why I said like Denver wasn't gonna take a step back was because that dude Joker is a top five offensive rating by himself. I can literally take five guys, four other guys in the NBA who can literally just shoot and dribble a little bit and he'll he'll get them shot. And he is the highest they have a they showed a stat uh uh the ringer was doing a thing about the best top twenty five players for this season in the in the league. And Joker was ranked number one. They have a stat about combined points and assists. So you combine his points and assists, essentially the points that he generates, he's at 58. The only other players that are at 50, I believe, are Sabonis and Russell Westbrook. Um, and it's like a big gap. It's like he's at 58, Westbrook's at like 52. Um, right. and Speaking so, of MVPs, uh, your boy A-Aaron wants to leave Green Bay. Now, my take is on this whole situation, like, I've heard that he wanted, like, the GM fired. Like, I'm not a football guy at all. Mm-hmm. What they did to Cap, but and, – and just, like, the overall vibes of, like, the NFL. Like, it's – but anyway, um, it just seemed to me, like, a lot of cats that are, like, the elites of the elite quarterbacks in the league saw what – and saw, saw what um, Tom Brady was able to do uh, going to Tampa Bay and just basically saying like, yo, I want this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and that guy. And he actually got this guy, this guy, this guy, and that guy. Now, although Tom Brady is like, was like a multi-time um, Super Bowl champion going into Tampa, uh, Tampa, so he not, he for sure like was, um was deserving of that type of, type of rollout from the Tampa Bay Bucks organization. And I just, but I just feel like cats see that now, and they just want to try to emulate that because, again, cats like uh, Aaron Rodgers, cats like um, what's my boy Sierra husband, Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson, yeah, they see that and they like, yo, like we've basically brought championships to this. Well, we brought a championship to this to this town, and we've been consistently good. Let us mm-hmm. get that same type of reins over the organization to let y'all know, like, yo, because if because we're the quarterbacks, right? The most important person on the, on the team is the quarterback. If y'all lose, it's on me. If we win, it's on me. So you might as well just let me have just some monochrome of say within the uh, front office. And that's what I'm thinking, like, cats, like, again, this is what I'm thinking this whole thing is stemming from. Plus, the fact that I believe um, last year when they uh, drafted um, what's my boy named Jordan Jordan Love, Jordan Love, yeah mm-hmm. Jordan Love, I believe they they needed 
someone on defense, right? They needed to bo- they needed yep. to bolster up their defense. Well, they needed all. They actually needed uh they their team was actually pretty stacked last year. The year before. No, what was the most, um, what was the most important? Thing what was the most important? What? What was the most important position they, that they needed to bolster up in that uh, draft last year? I mean, so here's the thing about the Packers. I, I I'll I'll give like a little explanation. I'll let you just keep going. The Packers have been like notorious for not drafting like an offensive player in the first round. So like. In the last since since Aaron Rodgers got drafted, which was 17 years ago, to to now, they've only drafted two offensive players. In that time, they drafted Aaron Rodgers, and they drafted Jordan Love. They've only drafted two quarterbacks, and part of it, I guess, their philosophy is now they've been really good. They have never they've never really been like super high up in the draft, and their philosophy essentially is they're not necessarily like a free agent destination. They don't really go out free agency. They they get a lot of guys in the second round. But if you look at it, I can't really complain or look at it as like they're doing wrong. Like Devontae Adams, he might be the best receiver in the league. In the league. He was a second round pick. Um, they had Donald Drive for a long time. He's like a fourth round pick. Greg Jennings was like a third round pick. Um, all the, None of their offensive players um, that they have outside of Rodgers has been a first round pick. But a lot of NFL people they just look at first round picks but they realize most of the league is made up of like second third and fourth round picks that's like nine eight sixty five seventy percent of the league is second third fourth fifth round pick guys um it's not it's not really first round picks and so their biggest hole maybe last year um their defense was very suspect but i thought last year they had the best team in the league um they were 14 and 2 they were smacking everybody um, all the way to regular season, and then I think they got mismanaged in the postseason in their last game. Um, so, like I said, like that's one of those teams where it's like there really wasn't like a glaring need. Like they probably could have used a wide receiver. You're always like looking at wide receivers um, to help, but you know, NFL is very much a Rob Peter pay Paul type of deal. Like you can't pay all these dudes, and I think that the Packers were looking at a situation like, look, like our quarterback's been slipping the last the two years prior to this season, statistically speaking. And they were like, look, we're kind of moving off of it. The problem that they did was they, his, their quarterback was the MVP of the league. And so they essentially couldn't move him. Um, and they're kind of sitting in a situation where it's like, all right, like the, the, co- the quarterback is like the GM the GM's kind of there and it's just kind of, it's kind of awkward because they don't have an owner either. So it's not like there's someone there to like be, all right, we're firing the GM and bringing someone else in because no one owns the team, you know, it's owned by the city of green Bay. And yeah, it's just, it's kind of just a weird kind of situation um, for Rogers. What's the split between owner and player? So what's the yeah in the NFL profit? I oh god, I'm trying to remember. They just did another CBA. They either they either just another CBA or they're about to. I I don't think it's fifty fifty. I don't think. I think it might be fifty one forty nine. I don't know for a fact. Um, but I mean NFL contracts are still kind of janky. <laughs> I mean. It's funny because, like, the reason people always ask, well, why would they get guaranteed contracts? And, like, 
the product wouldn't be as good. And that's a fucked up way to think about it, but like based on what the law why you said the product wouldn't be as good. So all right, so let's say how like I'm trying to think of a bad contract. Uh okay, so Blake let's let's use Blake Griffin, right? So you know how Blake Griffin was on the on the um was on the Detroit and he wasn't good for a couple of years, right? Let's um, not use Blake Griffin because I feel like this is gonna go to an NBA discussion. It's not but it's not an NBA discussion, it's just a point about his contract. I'm just, yeah, but I'm just using him as a contract. Discussion. Okay. What about um what okay. about this dude? Andre Drummond. No, Kevin Love. Sure. Let's use Kevin Love. Okay. Contract. So Kevin Love signs with in Cleveland for $150 million, whatever, let's say. Four years. Kevin Love is then bad by year three. By year by but after the first year out of it, with three years left, he's a he's a bad player, right? And we know in the NBA, no one wants to trade for that. Well, that's the same thing in the NBA and the NFL. No one wants to take those cap hits. And the thing that's different about the NFL and the NBA is like, when you take on someone's contract, you take on the cap hit, essentially. So if Kevin Love makes $35 million and the Suns want to trade for him, they take on his contract. That's not how it works in the NFL. If you trade for him, like that, Kyle, we talked about Carson Wentz, the Eagles still have to take that dead cap. So, like, I think it was the greatest dead cap hit in the NFL history was, like, $32 million. So, what that means is you – if the cap is, let's say, $200 million, and let's say you have no one on your roster, you now are working at $170 million as opposed to everyone else working at $200 million. So, how teams avert that is by giving non-guaranteed contracts out. So, what they do is if you're terrible or bad after the second year of this deal, we'll just cut you. So we save all that money on the back end so we can use that new money to get new players. So that's why like it hurts, the, it would hurt the product because like, let's say, like I said, like if Cleveland, let's say was a good destination, let's say Cleveland, let's say Kevin Love was on the Knicks, right? And he was just bad and they are on the deal, right? If the Knicks could just cut him and sign Kevin Durant or whoever, Kawhi, then yeah, the Knicks would do that. Any team would do that, you know? But it hurts the product because if you sign a bad deal, he's kind of on your on your books for at least two years until you maybe work a buyout, and then he can he can bounce. But that's why it hurts the it hurts the product if you have guaranteed contracts because you'll have players on deals for much longer than they might even be good for, or like the team might not want them, or even they might not be on want to be on the team anymore. It, it it's different in that way. Your your example is 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 not really explaining how why it's bad for the product more so than it's bad. I didn't explain how it's bad for a product because if you have a bad if you have a bad player on a bad deal, you can't move him. Can I finish? Yeah, is is more so explaining why owners don't want to give up. It's not it's not about having a bad um product on the field. It's just being bad deals for owners. It is about a bad product being on the field. Because if you can get a if you have a bad player and you have the ability to get a good player, you would do it. If you can't get the good player, then your product's bad. But isn't there fifty two players on the roster? No, there's a hundred and no, there's uh is it fifty no sixty five. Sixty five and isn't the uh, but you have to think, why am I giving the if I'm giving a guy who I think is good, I'm not gonna give him I'm gonna give him a lot of money, but if he ends up being bad, then you're fucked. It's kind of like the Eagles. 
Just Wait. look at what the Eagles were. The Eagles were bad because their quarterback was bad. And so if they had kept their quarterback, they would have been bad again. But if the money's not guaranteed, right? And it, well, it, it depends on how you work your contract. Some guys have more guaranteed money than some guys. Some guys front load their contracts. Like you can't cut anybody like that. You know, it's not like it's not like you sign today, you get cut tomorrow type deal. You there's certain mechanisms you put in the contract, but like okay. after a certain amount of years, you'll do it where you can get cut. So how is it bad, bad for the product if you could? Because if the player, again, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz signed his deal. He was bad. The team's bad. The product, I'm talking about individual. The product is then bad. If the Eagles could not have moved Carson Wentz, they would have been stuck with him, and then they would have been bad continuously. Now, they still Carson, might be bad. But, all right, that's Carson Wentz. So they couldn't play Jalen Hurts? You could play – obviously, they, they did play Jalen Hurts, but the problem is he takes up so much money that you can't sign other guys. So if you want to sign – what? You have to trade him out then, right? You have to what? You have to, so you have to – so in order you to get rid of – Exactly. Like, you would have to trade him or cut him. That's, 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 cut that's him. the only other option. It's to yeah, cut him so to, you get the money. So if you was to cut him, do, would you have to pay him the rest of that money? It depends how the contract works out. It sometimes that's what I'm saying. Like if you go on spot track, there's things that say like the date, like how much the dead cap is. So like the dead cap is how much money's on your book. So like some some the way some some dudes do their contracts are they'll front load it. So what they mean by front loaded is let's say you sign for five for seventy, right? Some guys do it like all right, five for seventy, thirty five million is in the signing bonus. So I get that my first year, second year is like ten. And the third year is 15, the fourth year is like seven or whatever. I don't know if I did the math on that correctly. But you you front load it so you get all that money early. And then the team now has the option of like, all right, do we want to bring this guy back or do we want to cut him for $5 million and go sign the next running back we need or the next wide receiver, or get the quarterback or left tackle, whatever it is. So that's why like it. the reason why the NFL is the one league where like I'm not gonna say anyone can win the Super Bowl, but a lot more teams can win the championship. What? It's a lot of parity. Them in the WNBA. They have a lot. Yeah, of but parody. WNBA has 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 had not a lot of parity recently. All right, but again, it sounds to me that it's not more so that the product would be bad, more so that there's bad negotiation tactics on the team but no the pro- but the thing is the product the overall product wouldn't be as good because you have less teams who have the chance to win the championship that's what makes the nfl special is the is the fact that like any team again i'm using any in quotation marks any team can can win the title like next year look the, like the giants can make playoffs last year right there's a chance the giants can win the super bowl next year that's not crazy idea like Two years ago, the Bills were not that good. They almost got to the Super Bowl this year. Like, because they made a trade, they had cash space, like, all that stuff came in the belt. Like, it, it is a very year-to-year sport, whereas, like, you can very easily see yourself making the Super Bowl. You can very easily see yourself being awful. Like, who lost Super Bowl last year? Like, 49ers, perfect example. They were in the Super Bowl two years ago. They had the 12th pick in the draft this year 
you know, it's like it can, it can easily shift because of injuries, bad signings, bad quarterback play, whatever. Like it's very year to year. It's not like the NBA. Like if the Nets stay together, those guys are going to be in the finals. Like, like they will be good for the next five years. They're not going to be bad. You know, same thing with like, like Luca. If Luca got um, another good, like really good player, um, who was like an all NBA caliber player, that team's going to be good the next however long that team's together. It is not an NFL thing where like Charlotte's going to win it and then New York's going to win it and then Brooklyn's going to win it. Like it doesn't work like that. Because in an NBA, they make sure that the best team wins. Right? No, it's the teams that have the best players. And again, it is, like I said, very different because there are less players on the court. So it's more, it's, it's easier for one individual player to change the outcome as opposed to one individual player on a football team to change the outcome of a team. Like football is very much a, a chain sport. You need all the chain to at least be decent. You're not going to have like the best of everything, like O-line, tackle, court, like you're not gonna have the best, but if you have a, a good amount of good chains, you can do that. Like, like you think the Nets are winning the title, I don't, but they essentially have three great offensive players and a bunch of jags. But people think they're gonna win the title. That's not how it works in the NFL. You can't be, again, I don't think they're winning, but you can't have like the 32nd ranked defense and the number one offense and win the Super Bowl. It's never happened. All right, speaking of uh, master, so Tim Scott, <clears throat> I believe he is the um, senator for South Carolina. He's taken on the, um, the, I guess, the reform, the police reform for the Republican Party. Um, he came out in a presser recently and said that um, America's not a racist country. Um, but <laughs> he's the funny thing is he said that he gets called the N word by liberals, but again, America's not a racist country, no problem. Uh, then Kamala Harris said that she agreed and um, that America is not a racist country, but white supremacy must be defeated. Essentially, is what she's saying. I'm not even. I don't even want to read their quotes because I might vomit. But um, essentially, <laughs> these Tim Scott's been cooning for for a long time. He's yeah, the token Negro. He is the token Negro for the Republican Party. I guess he was the one that was in lockstep and was like the face of the party when they came up with that bullshit chief police reform bill last season. I mean, last year during the uh, civil unrest and Kamala Harris uh, like sis I understand that you have to reel in and keep those conservative Democrats and those people that and those uh, conservatives that tend to lead more central but come on you don't we could we could we could call we could call a spade a spade like it's not that hard it's not that hard to call us call America racist based on the tactics that they've used. Um, like, I'm just sick and tired of, like, politicians. Because I, vote, I voted for for 
Biden and I voted for Kamala Harris, right? Because I didn't like mm-hmm. the direction that Trump was headed. Trump had white supremacists, Steve Bannon, and the other um dude with that's that's um the other young fella. Forgot I don't even want to say his name. I forgot his name. But yeah, it was clearly white supremacy within his cabinet. I, I just didn't like the rhetoric that was coming out and that was being excused and at times begrudgingly excused. Um, I, I didn't like the way that uh, this whole MAGA, this whole MAGA rhetoric is like, it, it really rubbed me the wrong way. But um, yeah, like, it's come to a point now in American politics that enough is enough. Like people that are hardcore Republicans are always going to vote Republican no matter what. And like, you don't need to appease these people anymore. Like just say what it is and move on. But what's your opinion on that? Uh, yeah. So I think it's funny because, like, Tim Scott, for those who didn't know, his response, well, he was allegedly responding to something that uh, President Biden said at his address. Biden never went to the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not not saying he did. I'm just saying what he said that he is doing is responding to what Biden said at at his um, address to the nation, which Biden never brought up race, actually, during his thing. Like I said, it's, I don't know. And again, like my days get so crossed, it's it's kind of it's hard for me to like remember like what I said on which platform or to whom. But the the number one thing that um, Republicans essentially their tactics are they are not they are essentially agents of chaos. They do not actually have like actual like policies and plans that go together. It is very much a party of discord where we are really good at essentially questioning a lot of things like does this really work should we trust this why are we doing this as opposed to saying like this is something we should do like anything new is essentially bad and their whole kind of idea is really just to hold on to the past that's really their whole play whether it's um not allowing people to vote changing voting rules like adding different problems it's just like they aren't actually trying to create an environment whether they have new policies. Everything from their side is reactionary. Um, you know, and and it's it's interesting because it's like they're essentially just doubling down on things. It's like really look at like things that um, that Republicans want to push. It's always doubling down on things. More money for cops, more money for the military. Um, you know more money for like it's just more more of the same type of like stuff and they want to stop the same type of stuff no rights for transgenders worse voting rights uh like just peeling back it's never like actually like it, there aren't ideas no it's never any progressive ideas never any progressive ideas from these these um these republicans but i can't necessarily blame them because if 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 Someone allows, like, say you come up to me, right, and, like, you punch me in the face for whatever reason, and I don't do anything about it. Every time you see me or or in that instance, you're going to keep punching me in the face because I'm letting Mm -hmm. you do it. 
these Democrats have all the power. Like, what did people in Georgia fight and stand on lines to get Warner and um, Warner and Ozoff into office for if y'all are not going to do nothing with it? Y'all got the numbers. Everyone's scared of a fucking midterm. That's two years from now or what have you. And it's just like, yo, like, come the fuck on, man. Let your nuts hang. Like, mm-hmm. I got I got the numbers. Y'all pass, pass the, the anti-lynching bill. Pass, pass a police reform bill. Like, Biden, what are you doing? Can I get some executive actions? Like, when Trump was in office, it seemed like he was signing, like, eight things a day. Like, it seemed like it was damn near yeah. eight executives a day. Like, what? Like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all just can't, y'all, y'all, yeah, y'all no, looking, I, I think y'all looking ahead while the president's passing y'all by. Like, come the fuck on. Like, if you if you just pass policy, right? If you just pass a policy that's good for everyone, then you'll get more people on your side. That's just how things are. Like, I understand that people that some people are retarded. I get it. Oh, people are stupid. I'm sorry. People are stupid, and I get it. But it's like, come on, just where's your policy? Where's your nuts? Let them hang. But anyway, oh, just something to, um that I want everybody to that's hearing this to um to keep an eye on. So the prosecutors, the defense pro, the defense team for Derek Chauvin has um has uh I guess um petitioned Appeal. for retrial. Yeah, for no for a retrial. Yeah, they appeal. No, 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 not, not an appeal, not an appeal. A complete retrial based on the um based on um they so essentially what they're saying is that the judge acted unethically, unethical the judge acted unethical, right? The mm-hmm. jurors were intimidated, and that the that the justice system didn't act within a professional manner. Period, right? But something came to light that one of the black mm-hmm. jurors on the um one of the black jurors actually had on a actually went to a, a, a peaceful protest, mind you, wearing a uh, stop kneeling on my neck t shirt. So um yeah, so this is something uh something to really, really uh pay attention to. Um if we're going by just the stats, ninety percent of um requests like this get denied. But it's just something that we need to um, really pay attention to. But anyway, folks, this has been another episode of Respectfully Unruly with your man, A.B., and your boy. Just call him Jeff. Anyway, all right. You guys be safe, and God bless.